and welcome back to the What's Cooking podcast. This is episode 51, the first episode of season six. We're really excited to be back and can't wait to share all the conversations we've been having. Hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome back to the What's Cooking podcast with me, Beth, and my co-host, Kat. We talk to food and drink entrepreneurs about their businesses, how they got started, and what gets them out of bed in the morning. Today we're talking to Damien and Natalia, founders of Form. Form offer plant-based nutrition for the whole self, body and mind, with their natural nootropics and protein powders. Hi guys, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having us. Okay, to start off, what were your first ever jobs? Oh god, I wasn't expecting this question. Uh, how far back do you want me to go? Yeah, go first first job, yeah. First job was a paper round. Nice, me yeah. too. Delivering, delivering papers, I think then I washed cars for a bit, spent a bit of time at Marks and Spencer's home furnishing department <laughs> one summer holiday, and then I, I did move up from there, then I ended up, ended up in the city after university, so okay. I, spent, yeah, I spent five years uh, at investment bank. And I was helping my aunt, who is a dentist. So oh, I was wow. about 14 years old and my father had gone through bankruptcy. So if I you know, was going to have money to do my little things, I decided that I, I wanted to work. And she was also paying for my English classes. So that's my first job. And I promise you, it took me off of the possibility of being a dentist ever. And I really admire dentists because it's not a nice thing to do, to be staring at people with them mouth open so that was my first job yeah I don't know how they do it I always think that when I'm in the chair I just can't yeah <laughs> not that fun um and how did you guys meet so I got I, I spent like uh maybe a year or two kind of planning various kind of nutrition projects that eventually kind of turned into form and um I can think one of the one of the first things I realized that I needed help with was uh, PR so I went to kind of like one of the best PR agencies in, in London and had a whole kind of meeting with them and I got a quote that was kind of so big um, that it wasn't really something I was prepared to kind of move forward at that stage but what they did do is they said that maybe what you need to do is kind of talk to um, a freelancer I know this great girl um, Natalia um, maybe you should speak to her and I ended up meeting with Natalia to talk about that um, you know to work on a PR basis but it soon became kind of clear that there was so much more that she could add to the whole kind of project that I was working on there um, that she came on board as kind of co-founder so I was kind of just it was just a very kind of fortunate bit of uh, networking wasn't it? Yeah for me it was it was lucky because at that stage I had about like 10 years of experience of PR I used to be a PR director for brands like Dior and Rover, all in the luxury industry. But then I felt as a communicator was not really sharing a message that resonated with me. I was working for these driving companies and I don't have a driving license. So um, I went studying and I was really passionate about plant-based. And as soon as I met Damien, the first meeting that we had, I realized that it was so exciting to be part of a brand because at the, be at the beginning of my career I would be given a product and say okay we want this in Vogue, in GQ, in Men's Health but at this stage that we met um, form was in the early beginning 
there was no brand, there was no uh, samples, and I just felt so excited to, every time like a new sample form arrived, I could taste it and Damien really kind would involve me in everything that was part of it. And as soon as we met, I realized, oh, this guy is going to do like something exciting and I would love to be part of. And I've never thought he would make me a co-founder. I've never thought that I would be like awarded shares of the business. But I was just doing because it was an incredible opportunity. And luckily I had someone who, who saw that. And that's how it all happened. That's amazing. And so um, tell us about the idea for Form. Where did, where did it begin? So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's kind of a very long backstory, but I'll kind of keep it short because, I mean, basically, I've always been someone that was interested in kind of like health, food and nutrition ever since kind of like uh, like college and stuff. I was going to the gym and me and my friends were all kind of training and, you know, watching our diets and things like that. Um, so I'd always been a user of kind of protein shakes. And then it just it really just kind of struck me that that there was nothing that really kind of appealed to me. Obviously, I wanted to use protein, and I was interested in kind of health and fitness, but I was also interested in like fashion, mm. art, architecture, design, and there was nothing really that kind of appealed to me as a, as a product or an object in this space. Um, and when you look at it, if you look at the landscape of brands in the space, you have you know if you plot them all in a kind of quadrant, you have that kind of really kind of horrible, plastic, terribly graphically designed uh, kind of macho, you know, bodybuilders on tubs mm -hmm. with lightning flashes and things like that. Or you have in the other extreme kind of very slightly kind of hippie-ish type yeah. stuff. There was nothing that I thought was kind of design-led, quality product, aspirational, you know, something that was kind of targeted to people, you know, like me that wanted to have these products, but like thought that they could be a little bit better in terms of quality of ingredients and the research and so on that goes into them and also as, as an object as design and as something that could be aspirational so there's that, that side to it that I thought was kind of like an opportunity and also the fact that when I when I kind of looked at all the brands everyone was just thinking about nutrition as just a protein shake after the gym right no one was thinking that actually nutrition if you kind of broaden out the definition then it encompasses so much more how you nourish your whole self how you look after your mind how you, I mean, that can encompass everything from kind of you know mindfulness and meditation through to kind of education so these things I wanted to kind of wrap up in a brand to make it much more of a kind of holistic nutrition brand with a much more elevated kind of idea of what nutrition actually is and you know that was that was just where the where the kind of seed of the idea kind of formed for me and this is around the time as well I think that um China study was published by uh, Colin Campbell, so I was also getting kind of interested in the science behind kind of plant-based diets and so on. So I ended up kind of having this idea of kind of a holistic, kind of performance-driven, uh, aspirational nutrition brand that would be kind of completely plant-based, but it would be kind of cool, it wouldn't be preachy, it wouldn't kind of have any of that kind of baggage that comes with some of the activism in, you know, mm. in, in, in that kind of movement. Um, and yeah, so I just I just started from there really. And remember, this was a super kind of crowded space, and this was maybe I don't know, probably three or four years ago now. So I tell people I'm starting a you know a protein brand. They think I was crazy because it's such a crowded space, right? Uh, and then I say no, it's going to be vegan. And remember, veganism wasn't a thing like it was like it is now. And I think I was completely completely <laughs> bonkers. But for me, that was like the you know that I, I knew the vegan trend was coming. It was clear from from what was happening. Uh, and the shifts that were kind of happening in the world, but um, yeah, so it started started from there. Really, that was the kind of the genesis of the idea. 
And I think the idea also to have a brand with values mm. and have a brand yeah. that wants to have a positive impact on people's life and on the planet. And as Damien said, not be preached about, be a solution. Not only be pointing at the problem and also not being judgmental towards the people who are not plant-based, but offering something that they don't feel that they're missing out. We all know the benefits of changing towards eating less animal protein. But number one, we've grown up eating animals. And number two, some of the vegan stuff doesn't taste good, let's be honest, right? And, and that's the challenge. If you really want to have an impact on a greater scale, you have to come up with a brand and with a product that has no compromise to taste. And from like my side of the business, that is communication, that is, it is PR, it has to be attractive. And also it has to have a language that is understanding, that is inviting. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, to be in business, to, to do good. So we recently be, we are certified as a B corporation and we have a one-to-one -one model acknowledging that nutrition is an industry that is all about the self. Okay, so what I'm gonna eat, how much fat is in this, how much sugar is in this, or maybe I'm having a protein shake with 20 or 30 grams of protein, and that's such a luxury. When billions of people, they do not have luxury of eating and from the early beginning of form we partnered with a charity back in the Gambia and it's a charity that Damien has worked before and a lot of brands they normally they associate themselves with big charities and charities that as soon as you put their logo and as soon as you put their association with it shows that you're doing good, but for Damon it was very important that what we were doing from the beginning had a tangible effect on the lives of people that potentially no one is really paying attention to. And, and I think that's what it is rewarding about being part of a business, that you are not only thinking about your growth, but you're contributing towards the growth of other people as well. And I think for your sort of audience and the people who are going to be buying your product, that's what they're looking for. People really are trying to shop with conscience now and put their money towards brands that they know are doing that. I just, I just, it, it like from a personal level, if you're knowing business to do good in the world, what is the time? You know, what is the point? And it doesn't matter what you do. It really does not matter what you do. If you're in arts, if you're in fashion, if you're in design, if you're in nutrition, whatever you are, we can all have a contribution. We can all have a positive effect in people's life. And, and that gives you a boost of motivation. And I, and I think that brings meaning to whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah, definitely agree. So maybe now would be a good moment to chat about the products that you offer at Form and what's available. So, I mean, we, I guess we have kind of two key, kind of key parts of the range. One is our range of um, plant-based uh, protein powders. They all really formulated around the mode of use. We very much kind of didn't just want to 
produce kind of like a very kind of wide range of a lot of products that you don't actually really need. You know, you look at some some kind of ranges of powders and there's kind of, all, you know, like 10 different ones. And it's really not that necessary. So we just really kind of wanted to nail down uh, some very kind of key modes of use. And what that for us was like the, the kind of traditional kind of post-workout. And then also something that's just a great kind of healthy snack or whenever you need a little kind of uh, something on the go. So our, our two main blends are performance, which is the one for post-workout, and super blend, which combines our plant-based um, plant-based formulas with um, you know various kind of superfoods, macros, and, and greens, and so on. Um, and then we also have um, pure blend, which is um, unflavored, um, popular for kind of cooking and baking as a base for smoothies and this kind of stuff. And then we have our nootropics. It's always a big. It's always the kind of the, the core of the brand. Kind of as I mentioned earlier, about to think of nutrition for both the body and and the mind. Um, so we have our nootropics um, edge, which is a daily kind of cognitive enhancer. Boost, which is, as, as the name suggests, kind of a, a boost whenever you need it. Great, it's kind of a pre-workout um, if you've got a big meeting or even just you know a long day with the kids or whatever it might be. <laughs> and then Z's, which is our, our sleep formulation. Um, that's been our kind of runaway hit in the in the in the nootropic space. I loved reading that what you just said about um, body and mind, mm. and I think that's what a lot of brands haven't touched at all. Yeah, and I think, and I think it's, it's, it's mostly kind of fairly short-sighted because what most people don't realise about performance is that so much of it is mental, right? Yeah. I mean, when you actually quit in a race <laughs> or even just in the gym, that's a mental decision. And, you know, looking after your mind, and you know, whether that's kind of with supplementation or kind of meditation or mindfulness training can have a really big kind of impact, you know. Whenever, whenever anyone gives up, it's it's a, it's a kind of a mental decision, whatever that might be, and you know, and even even in the studies, looking at things like time to exhaustion and things like that, this is all kind of a perception. So yeah, the mind's like super important to, to kind of state the obvious. Yeah. And the, the interesting things about the formulations of our nootropics is that they are based on ancient knowledge. So it comes from the traditions of like Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic. And these traditions, they have, they are like thousands of years ahead of us in terms of understanding the mind, in terms of looking into the connection between body, mind, and if you want to call it spirit or whatever word that you want to use, but seeing an individual as a whole and not just like body and this is it. But there are nutrients that you can provide to your brain that are natural and is going to enhance your cognitive capacity. With the world that we live with, like so much stimulation, there are things that you can do to naturally support your sleeping. With the way that our senses have been assorted by everyday life, we do need like a supplement to kind of counterbalance all that stress. I understand that a lot of people, they say, why do I need a supplement? Can I not just get everything from food? And ideally, yes, it would be wonderful if the food that we are having had have been produced in a way that is full of nutrients, but we know that the soils have been depleted. Mm -hmm. And unless you eat like everything organic, you know, if you everything that you are eating is also in season, which is very challenging here in the UK, or even with the time constraints that we all have, form is there as a protein, as something to supplement. We're not here like to replace anything. Mm -hmm. 
but to be a convenient alternative for you to have a more balanced way of living. Yeah, I think we're quite unusual for a supplement brand that we always tell people to kind of eat proper food first and actually use mm. us as, as a supplement. And uh, that I think that's really important because, um, you know, otherwise you know, eating is like great joy, right? Why would you not want to kind of have great food? Yeah, eating is much more than just nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's great. And that kind of sets you apart, I think, as in terms of kind of your ethos, not being kind of weight loss focused it's very much about health and being yeah, well yeah it's like a holistic view of a holistic view of performance and i think kind of like the aspiration of the brand is to kind of be you know the the kind of the trusted source for kind of products content community all the rest of it and knowledge and education for, for anyone that's interested in mm. you know just performing at their at their best whatever whatever that means mm. to them because you know all our own definitions of kind of peak performance are kind of different uh, and the other thing that's I mean, very, very important to us is like the kind of the credibility of research and uh, information that's put out. That was something that kind of, you know, I noticed in the beginning a lot, a lot of the information out there is very kind of sketchy uh, <laughs> at best in terms of its kind of like scientific content or very kind of like inane just in terms of like how to get big biceps or, you know, how to get a six pack or something like that. And, also, in, in, in terms of our formulations, it was really important that they were kind of very credible, very, very science-based. So, you know, pretty much the first person I recruited was our head of our head of nutrition, Dr. Adam Collins. And, you know, he's like a PhD, 20 years experience, <laughs> runs all the nutrition courses at the University of Surrey. So it was so important for me to, to have that kind of credibility and to have that kind of depth behind the, the products that we, that we produce. Um, so, yeah, and he helps obviously with all kinds of content and so on. And in terms of uh, marketing and communications strategy, for us, we never wanted to go on the route of like telling people they are not good enough mm. and really playing this industry game of making people feel that they need your product, right? So they need your product because they need to get beach ready or they need your product because they need to shred fat. I, I think this like so detrimental for people's mental health mm -hmm. and this is a game that we never wanted to play. This is something that we completely stay away from because we are here to value a perfectly working body, not the perfect body. Yeah, that, that's definitely something that really drew me to your brand. Um, yeah, there's no results pages, there's no wait, there's no photos before and after, there's none of that. It is just purely science-backed and research-driven. And even to that, you've got links to research articles on your product pages. So consumers can then go on and read on more if they want to, you know, look at the study and look at yeah. what happened there and what the results were. Perhaps we can talk about Adam. I think that's really interesting. Oh, definitely. And I think it'd be interesting to know, sort of within that, from when you had the idea and you began the journey of, of the business, how long was it before you actually had a product out there? What was the development process like? Yeah, well, yeah, it, it was a long time. Um, the, the, the kind of the problem with most kind of vegan proteins is that they taste terrible. Right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so the the key thing the key thing for us was to, to produce something that tastes good, and the the reason for that is obviously you want 
to we want to sell a product that tastes good, but from a business point of view, you know, the only way you really get repeat customers is if someone enjoys the the product. And you know, most protein shakes and most vegan protein shakes, especially, do not or are not uh, an enjoyable uh, they experience. They do, and you know, and I, I, was, I was someone with a bit of a you know a bit of a palate. I like nice <laughs> nice food and restaurants and so on. So it was, it was important for me as well. So yeah, I mean, I guess it's like like any product, the kind of the development uh, cycle is is long, but you know. I mean, formulating them is relatively easy because, you know, with someone like Dr. Adam Collins, we know exactly, you know, what we want to achieve with each product. So, so actually getting to a kind of like a, a target kind of macronutrient breakdown that we want, you know, that's kind of the easy bit. How you actually then build that of the constituent kind of components, like the, the, the actual proteins that you use, which kind of, which other ingredients, superfoods and so on, which sweeteners and so on that you use, or even which flavorings, you know, it's very hard because all the ingredients kind of play together. You, you know, your your bakers or what have you. It's 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 science, right? And it's it then there's a certain level of art as well in terms of flavoring. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's so many moving parts. I mean, we went through kind of the months, probably a year actually of samples that most of which I had to spit out. You know, it's like you know it's so bad. Uh, and even you know even just little things like you know, we use pea protein for example. Everyone uses pea protein, but even just choosing the pea protein is hard because there's like you know a hundred different types of pea protein. You know there's a hundred different grades of you know the, the, how fine the powder is and so on. And it was important for us, you know, those even you know even even choosing like the grades of the material, i.e. the granule sizes and things like that. You know, it's so important in terms of mixability um, and mouthfeel. Um, we didn't want to use any thickeners or emulsifiers, mm-hmm. so it was doubly important for us to to get the get the right grades. So yeah, so for us it was like um, I guess like a year, and I I would I would think maybe like you know fifty or a hundred samples or something like that. Crazy, uh, you know, looking at different suppliers, different manufacturers. Yeah, and uh, you know, just constantly testing and iterating. And plenty of time, I didn't think it would even be possible um, to do something. I remember like once when Damien sent me a sample, and one of the active ingredients in our performance is curcumin that comes from turmeric mm-hmm. and I remember tasting it and like it tastes like curry <laughs> so David we cannot have that I really like that I like curry it's like, like curry. Chocolate, chocolate peanut butter curry <laughs> yeah I think that's very eccentric flavor but even after we launch we do not have uh, we don't have a lot of flavors like a lot of people after two years some brands they launch with a lot of flavors we take our time. So we launched a tiramisu flavor. Tiramisu is like my favorite dessert. So we wanted to have like a tiramisu inspired um, recipe because then you literally you just add that to coconut yogurt and tastes really delicious. You don't need to make a shake, but it feels like an indulgent dessert. And that took us about nine months mm. to launch a new flavor. We, we already had the basic formulation, but just to find the right balance between the taste and how it blends with other things and be good just with water, that's our challenge. Our challenge is to have like simple recipe that tastes good. There is another flavor that we're about to launch. Uh, and again, that took nearly like nine months to nail it. And we, we, we have a motto that is, we are quick thinkers that don't rush. Because we live in this space that if you're not like 
busy. You f- it's not that we're not busy. We are busy, but everything that we do, like we take so much care and so much responsibility. For us, it's never about like volumes, but it is like, are, are we proud of, of this? And we are a brand that we're not a faceless brand. So I like to say like when someone likes the product and like I, I take it personally, you know, because we have gone through like the work of tasting it. And when some people, they don't like it, I also understand because even uh, taste is something very particular, but at least I'm content with the fact that we've done a lot of work to get into a product that we are happy with and we realize that we cannot please a hundred percent of the population but at least you know i'm happy to have my shape <laughs> yeah i mean at the end of the day it's kind of a food product and you know yeah. taste taste is personal but uh you know it could be i could be selling kind of like chateau margot and some people wouldn't there's always there's always going to be a couple. I was speaking yeah. to someone yesterday who doesn't like chocolate. I mean, yeah, so, there are people who don't like chocolate. Yeah. It's not even possible, right? <laughs> but but it there is. are people like that. And that's why we have um, a product that is a pure blend. And pure blend is unflavoured and is unsweetened. I've got that one. Do you? Yeah, because I wanted something for my smoothies because I was going to okay, add banana yeah. or peanut yeah. butter or something quite strong flavoured. So, yeah. Um, I've got that one. Yeah, I'm the contrary. So, so for example, <laughs> I use pure blend on savoury. Oh, really? So I make like dips because I'm vegan. Yeah. So I, I, I have to be really conscious about like not only eating like fats and carbs. Mm-hmm. So the way I add up the amount of protein in my dips, so in my soups, so in my curries, is literally just putting pure blend into it. Like, I, I wouldn't drink his smoothie with pure blend. I should not be even saying that, but that's okay. But I, I like the flavor, and I have a sugar monster inside of me. Like, I have a very sweet tooth, and, and I like things to taste, like, really indulgent. That's so interesting. I'd never even thought about yeah. adding it in that way, actually. Not oh, into curries. And, yeah, not into curries and things. Like, that's a really good idea, into dips. Mm. Yeah. Like, I make a really piece. delicious, like, artichoke. Um, there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I just add it into it. That's I'd say awesome. <laughs> okay, I'm going to try that. Definitely. Okay. Can you just give us an overview on what nootropics are and what they're used for? Uh, yeah, research. It was something, as, as most things, it was kind of like popular in, in the States before okay. it was here. I mean, we, we launched the. Um, as part of our launch range at the beginning of what 2017 and kind of I think one of the first people to kind of do that mm-hmm. here um, yeah because I've heard of them a lot mm-hmm. from US companies yeah, yeah. but not really I haven't not seen them here yet. I think the company the company that I'd seen in the US is doing doing something interesting in this space I'm not even sure if they're around now it's called Nutribox um, they're, they're quite cool but are they little sugar cubes or something uh, maybe I know there are people there doing kind of doing like, like caffeine cubes and things like that yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, which kind of kind of morphed into now like gummies, which are kind of really popular. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. I've seen. Which kind yeah. of like basically like kids' vitamins. Right? Yeah. I think that's what it was. <laughs> it was exactly they were square gummies yeah, yeah. with sugar around the edge, and that's the first brand I saw. Right. But, okay. But I think what most people don't realize is that you have a neurotropic basically on a daily basis if you drink coffee. Mm-hmm. So yeah. caffeine is like the most known 
neurotropics for a stimulant, right? And we have that, like neurotropic is, is a new word, but it's not necessarily something new. Yeah. So what, what do we do? So we have a formulation that is called Boost. And Boost is inspired on matcha tea. So matcha tea has this energetic combination of caffeine, as I said before, it is stimulant, with L-theanine. That is an amino acid that has a relaxing effect. So in nature, you find that in matcha tea. And thousands of years ago, like the samurais before they went on a battle, and they need energy, but at the same time, they need like a calm and attentive focus. So that's why they would drink matcha tea. Because we have this tendency of having like coffee next to a coffee, and that sometimes leaves our mind a little bit unsettled. With this combination, what you get is instead of having a peak of energy for about like two hours that caffeine on its own gives you, you get a sustained energy for about four to six hours, and you don't get like the jittery effect of caffeine. So this is one of our products, and as Damon said at the beginning, you can use before a workout. And sometimes, like I have, like I used to give them to my PT, and I gave to my PT. I didn't really tell him what it is. Say, Natalia, I love it. I was literally like dancing <laughs> <laughs> because you have like that feel good effect. But some people who are professionals, they use before a busy day at work. That they now want to like to be running to like another cup of caffeine that is not mm -hmm. doing very good for your adrenal system because you giving like too much stimulant to it. Um, do you want to talk about Z's? Yeah, Z's is like um, you know it's our kind of sleep supplement. Um, sleep's obviously a massive uh, a massive kind of thing right now, and you know I think probably the cornerstone of all kind of performance. Right, you need to have a have a great night's sleep. It's like kind of what everything else gets um, gets built from, but. Uh, yeah, Z's is um, 5-HTP, which is like the precursor for melatonin and serotonin okay. production. Generally, it's not a good idea to take uh, to take melatonin itself because it can kind of blunt your own production. So it's better to kind of supply your body with the with the precursors for that. Um, so is that combined with some calming amino acids, L-theanine, uh, again, which has been kind of proven to reduce kind of sleep onset times and time to fall asleep, um, and then some B vitamins. So that's yeah. I mean, you have like a, you know, a really nice sleep on. Uh, really nice people that, and it's been doing fantastically well. It's like um, kind of the best-selling one on Nest Porter, for example, and also through our own through our own website. Is that something that you would use daily, or kind of as and when you feel you need it? Yeah, I mean, you can use that daily without issue, but most people kind of take it as yeah. and when. With most things, even like with coffee, for example, it's generally a good good idea to kind of cycle. Have some breaks, yeah. yeah. Okay. But what is really rewarding, especially with Z's. Um, if you go on our website and you read the reviews, you it's, it breaks my heart because I sleep very well. But it breaks my heart to see that a lot of people they are seriously struggling with lack of sleep. They are not able to get like there is a review that of people like not able to sleep like four hours a night, and of course like they try everything. And one of the principles of our formulation is not to get people addicted to what we are providing. And that's why everything is natural. So it also has like magnesium and zinc just to help your body and your muscles to relax. So then your mind can relax as well. But to see that um, we are having an effect on this person's life 
um, and really initiate this conversation and be part of a different conversation that is in order like to perform you need to acknowledge the importance of having a restorative sleep and the idea is that once they are used to sleep and the anxiety towards going to bed because that's what we learn as well so people like they go to bed they know they're not going to be able to sleep and having something they know oh actually I can sleep my body is made and naturally knows how to fall asleep. It's very important to do that. Very, very important. Yeah, I think when you hear those kind of customer stories, whether it's on a review or, you know, a lot of customers who just email us and mm -hmm. so on, you know, when, when you've really solved someone's, you know, a problem that they might have had, like not sleeping or, or always being bloated when they had their protein powder or whatever it might be, it's like uh, really, really re rewarding. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty powerful, especially sleep. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, just, if you have a bad night's sleep, it's just the worst. Right? Yeah. I need to get it for my husband. He has that, like, anxiety of not sleeping, and then he puts on, like, movies to fall asleep, so then he's falling asleep to a stimulant, and it's, like, this whole thing, and um, they sound perfect. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad for, like, mental But that's health. the other thing as well. We never sell our products as, like, this is going to change your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have these, and you had like caffeine until like six, seven, eight in the night, and you have one z's, and you go to bed watching time, and you are in a flow. Like this is not a miracle pill, right? That's why there is a work around education as well, because yeah. people need to know what it is that you're doing that is probably disturbing or sleeping. Mm, definitely, and I mean, how have how have you? kind of gone about educating customers about how to use the products? Do you do that kind of through socials or...? Everything. Yeah, I mean, multiple kind of channels, either, yeah, obviously on, on product pages, through content um, on the website. We have a lot of email courses on various topics where people sign up and get a daily series of emails, completely free, mostly written by Dr. Adam Collins on, on, on various topics such as intermittent fasting or body composition or most recently uh, kind of chrononutrition. So yeah, I mean, we kind of like try and educate like, through everything that we do. Events as well. Okay. Yeah, events so, are a big thing actually. Yes, events. So we are, every time that we are going to partner, we don't come up with an event with like a protein shake bar. We like to sponsor the place where the talks are because that's the part of the education. So we work in collaboration with the big festivals, helping curating who we should be talking to. Of course, we do not plan the whole schedule, but we have a say because education it is power. And uh, we like to empower people to make better decisions. So as part of that comes facilitating that as we see our mission to be. Mm. And you've got an enormous bank of articles on your website. Mm. On the And we're just launching a new platform. Yeah? Yeah, we recently um, hired um, a content editor and community manager. And for a company in the scale that we are, we, we, we are not as big as people think, but that's a big investment and that really shows that that's the role that we want to have, the role of providing information that it is backed up by science, it is digestible, it is entertaining, it is engaging and it is 
Trying to cut through all of this noise that you get around nutrition is very important to understand that nutrition is it's a new science. And when you talk to Dr. Arden Collins, who is our head of nutrition, a PhD with like over 20 years of experience, you realize that nothing is right or wrong. There is like so many nuances, there are like so many factors to be considered in these studies that what everyone can do, it is to provide education and stimulate people and encourage people to try themselves. I'm vegan, but I'm not here saying that everyone should be vegan. But I'm here saying, yes, everyone will benefit from having more plant-based food in your life. And, and, and no one can really context that effect that has on people's cholesterol, diabetes, you know, your heart pressure. And then if you want to expand your well-being towards like the well-being of animals or the well-being of the planet, you also cannot context that. Maybe onto your packaging, because I like that it's biodegradable. I like that you do the... Re the Reform. Yes. <laughs> But I suppose first the design, I mean it's yeah. so different to any other competitor brand out there. What I mean, I, I think we've touched on sort yeah. of the, the reasons behind that, but what were your goals with it? Well, it, it took a long time to come up with the, with the design, you know, we worked through a lot of different kind of concepts, but ultimately we wanted it to be beautiful. We wanted it to be something that, you know, you weren't shy to, to leave out in your kitchen, not something that you wanted to hide kind of under the sink. And we wanted to be kind of like aspirational and speak of our kind of values and of the products. And, you know, when you try and do all those kind of things with like packaging design, it's like really, really tough. But in the end, kind of we got there and we, we kind of just pared it back as kind of minimally as we could. We went kind of with landscapes and mountains because they kind of, they speak of nature, but they also kind of, they speak of kind of aspiration and achievement mm. as well. And, and they're just beautiful and, and, I, and I really like mountains. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, um, we kind of, and that's actually what we did with the design is like, uh, the pouches are all kind of full color printed, right? Which makes it about a million times harder than just having a, a normal pouch with a label stuck on the front. Yeah. Um, so that, that, that's made everything a lot, a lot more difficult because now for every, every product and every flavor, we have a whole artwork process to go through and you know, five different color plates and a much more lengthy kind of process to get, get, to get the packaging made than we would do if we just had you know, a much more straightforward pouch. So yeah, the the that, that kind of process there, you know, and they've been they've been fantastic, and you know the the, the plastic stand up pouches that we had at the time, they were the most kind of sustainable option in terms of uh, in terms of packaging compared to like a, a bigger kind of plastic tub or, or whatever other options there might be. But obviously, we always knew that uh, you know that something would need to be done there in terms of sustainability and. Uh, Although nothing existed about a year ago, I think kind of started to kind of see biofilms come available. Mm. Um, and biofilm is basically made from kind of like cellulose and can provide the barrier that plastic normally does in food packaging. I mean, you will know that you, you know you can't the food needs to have a barrier between moisture and the air for, for it to have shelf life and to remain stable. Um, so these biofilms started being um, being made available. And then we found someone who was able to bond like a, like a paper to a biofilm because what we didn't want to do is just kind of go with kind of some 
completely change our aesthetic. Mm. Uh, we wanted to kind of maintain all of our values and kind of not compromise on any of it. Um, so we managed to find somebody who could like take a paper, bond it to a biofilm and actually make a pouch and it will still be kind of fully colour printed and look the same as the previous pouches. So we've got now kind of compostable pouches that are fully kind of EN certified. They'll actually compost down, I think, to kind of like 90% of less than There'll be 90% of it will kind of compost away within kind of, I think it's like six months in, you know, oh, just in wow. a, just in like a, a garden, a, yeah, a compost, average, yeah. right? or in a, obviously a compost facility if you put it in with your, yeah. with your um, composting. So that's been um, a really exciting project to kind of get that done. So they're, they're rolling out now, they're available on our uh, performance chocolate peanut at the moment and gradually rolling up, rolling out across the range as we um, as we run down um, current packaging. Um, we also introduced kind of end of end of life reuse uh, for the glass jars. Glass jars are great, um, but and obviously they can be recycled and so on, but it's even better to kind of be able to reuse them. So we have an incentive now called Reform. See what we did there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and uh, the customers can kind of send back uh, send back five jars. That's really we we take them back, and then when when we get the batch back, they get sterilised and yeah. and we repurpose through the through the manufacturing process. And, and for sending for sending five back, the, the customer gets one one new free jar. I think so, that's amazing, and the, and the fact that you can actually reuse those jars is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That is, because I always wonder about that and whether there's any issue with reusing things back into a manufacturing process. But yeah, why, if you're in if your you're kitchen, yeah, it, just yeah, yeah, yeah. No, of course it has to be kind of sterilised and cleaned. And, yeah. And but uh, yeah, so that's that's um, yeah really important for us, and there are lots of other initiatives on that on that. So I mean, all of our like paper boxes have always been kind of recycled, recyclable. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we were using kind of like a big air pocket void fill, uh, mm -hmm. which was. The most sustainable option at the time, but we've actually just switched to kind of recycled paper for the void yeah. fill now, which I think is quite nice. Um, but yeah, I mean these these things are kind of all, all super important for everyone. Yeah, well, it's exciting that you found a solution. I think that's something that really pains a lot of companies. To yeah. it's just really difficult to find those kind of materials. It is and difficult, and in the end, we went for kind of compostable and biodegradable because you know the, the issue with recycling is like that the recycling rates are, are kind of relatively low right so even if you produce and recycle packaging most people are actually just sticking it in the bin uh stuff that does get to land does, does get to the recycling plant plant often isn't recycled or is shipped off to some third world country and just sits in a shipping container somewhere so you know at least at least we know with like a compostable compostable pouch you know it's going to kind of biodegrade and even yeah. if someone leaves it chucks it out their car window very irresponsibly at least you know eventually it will be gone uh, which can't be said obviously of a, of a plastic product. Can we talk a bit about the family feeding fund and yeah. you know obviously you uh, well I suppose if you can tell us what the model is with your donations to them and then a bit about what they do. Yeah so basically um, the, uh, the fund is there at the hospital to provide food for patients and escorts of patients. So, I mean, you have to remember this is kind of in a very, very deprived area of the Gambia. Uh, about 97% of the people that live in the catchment area of the hospital are kind of subsistence farmers, right? So they're literally, you know, growing the food that they have to eat and very, very little money. So when they travel to the hospital, they're kind of leaving all that behind and have to then, you know, be able to buy food from kind of market stalls around near, near the hospital. What happens often is that A, they might not have the money and therefore might not even come to the hospital. Or B, you know, if they get to the hospital and run out of money, they'll leave before they're kind of medically discharged. And in, in worse situations where it's an escort bringing a child to the hospital, they'll, they'll leave and take, take the child 
before you know they might be ready to kind of leave. So this fund is now you know at the hospital and is administered by the by the staff at the hospital to make sure that everyone who comes there is is fed and nobody has to leave before you know before they're medically kind of fit to do so. Uh, we were there in no, in November, you know, and you see some of the impact that it's had, and you also see that actually even we we saw twins uh, and, a, and a family. And you know the fund is actually still supporting them even after they've left the hospital because you know the father has had to basically stop working to be able to help with uh, with raising or raising the raising the twins. So it's, it was really important for us that it's you know a, a way of kind of giving that's very tangible and has like kind of like exponential impact because it's just not just the food. It's like by having the food, actually now you've enabled healthcare as well. So it's like can have such a such a big impact, and uh, that was what we always kind of what we always kind of wanted because you know as, as we said at the beginning you know, when we're thinking about you know 20 or 30 grams of protein that's a massive luxury when someone might have food to go to a hospital for example. Just to yeah. put it in context so this uh, the Bankstown Hospital Appeal it is a charity run by Anita Smith and Anita has basically dedicated her life for past 26 years to this community in the Gambia. Uh, she was awarded a NBE for her services, and the Gambia is one of like the poorest countries in Africa. It's where one third of the population they live beyond the one dollar per day, and in addition to that, the the weather conditions that it is very difficult to grow things. So they only grow peanuts and couscous and depending on the season manga and this morning we just got an email from Anita because as I said Anita has dedicated her life Anita is a hot household name when we went to Gambia in November literally when we arrived there was a surprise party for us and and I'm talking about hundreds of people to to come to express the gratitude I almost felt like I was not deserving of that because people they were stopping whatever they were doing and they didn't know us and they would come hug sing like really have uh, that that sense of like you're improving lives here you are like saving the lives of like those twins and she, she literally and, and I love that's like the part of my job that I most love is reading Anita's reports and today she just said, um, the, the gift, I'm just reading her email, she said, your gift will be life-changing for the patients and these courts who will benefit from having nutrition fed, thus ensuring that this is part of patient's recovery. And, and the way that the fund works, it's very empowering to the community as well. So we give the money, but the community decides what is court and what family is going to be using that money. So the money can be used in a, in a range of different ways. So there was this 16-year-old boy who had a type of cancer that would cause deformities in his body. And because he lives in a tribe where people are uneducated and they, they don't understand, so they think this is things because of the bad spirit. So no one wants to be Close to, to this poor 16-year-old boy who was left to, to die alone in the hospital. So then what the staff in the hospital does is using their money to make his 
last days happier by letting him buy his fizzy drinks or letting him buy his milkshakes so anything just to give a little bit of like you know pleasure to yeah. to the end of his life and as Damon mentioned before there was this mother who gave birth to prematures because she was malnourished herself that's why the babies they were prematures and then of course she didn't have enough milk to feed like two babies and Mariama who is the nurse at the hospital realized that the problem is that there was nothing wrong with the twins but they were hungry so then the form feeding found it is paying for the formula during the time that she was there but Mariama also realized because the father was not able to work anymore um, the found is still helping with the formula with these babies and Mariama whatsapps me the pictures I do remember this <laughs> these twins and this is I mean this is amazing because this literally it's not a lot of people think like helping charity is gonna cost you time it's gonna cost you money but it's kind of the contrary it gives you like so much more motivation and it is not costing me any more time and any more efforts but it is just having like a ripple effect that it's unbelievable. So another thing that struck me was that you have quite innovative and unique ways of ordering. I think I read somewhere that initially you didn't want to sell, you only want to sell online mm -hmm. and not in, in retail. But when you decided to do retail, you partnershiped with Planet Organic. Mm -hmm. Not only that, you can purchase on Net-A-Porter, Mr. Porter, and what's the other one that I was thinking? Oh, and WhatsApp, which I've never heard of. WhatsApp ordering. Yeah, so we're like, um, you know, I, it, was, it was always important for, for us as a brand to be kind of like the kind of the forefront of what what's kind of possible, whether that's kind of like technology-wise or product-wise or, you know, anything. Um, so, you know, we always wanted to be in, in locations where mm. you might not expect to find a protein brand or where, you know, other protein brands might not be able to get. So that's why we like being places like, you know, Heathrow VIP, for example, um, a lot of kind of high-end hotels as well, that kind of stuff. Um, but the WhatsApp thing was really, uh, you know, we're, we're always just kind of looking to see what's happening technology-wise. We've done a lot of testing with AI and bots, for example. That's not, not quite ready for kind of public consumption yet. But, you know, people are, you know, communicating all the time on, on WhatsApp and, you know, with the recent business accounts and so on, we can now kind of link that all in. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we get a lot of actually customers kind of taking, uh, taking the opportunity either to, like, reorder over WhatsApp or to, you know, to deal with customer it does questions. make sense because if it just pops into your head, oh, I gotta go back and yeah, order yeah. it later, and when you can just do it right there and then. Yeah, we like we like WhatsApp as a platform because it, it's kind of it's kind of agnostic as a platform. Obviously, I know it's only by Facebook, but it's it's something that everyone uses. It's not like Facebook Messenger, which is very yeah. much a Facebook thing, or you know, Instagram DMs or whatever it might be. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been really good for us. Yeah. Cool. Let's move on to lifestyle because I think that would definitely be really interesting with you two. Do you structure your weeks in any particular way? I, I yeah, I, I guess I kind of do. I I try to keep any kind of like meetings and things to the middle part of the week. So my kind of Monday and Fridays are always clear. I try to keep them clear. Uh, I kind of wake up without an alarm. Um, 
but that's normally like really early. Like this morning, I was up at like I think ten to five, and now it's lighter. My my general kind of pattern would be like wake up, gym, office, that kind of way. I generally prefer kind of working out in the morning to to working out in the evening. Although actually, you know, you could argue that the evening's actually better. It just doesn't work for me. So yeah, that's kind of my my kind of regular thing. Like gym, I like. Uh, I trained kind of old school with weights, uh, slightly addicted by Peloton, uh, really like Peloton. Meditate quite a bit, not as much as Natalia, but quite a bit. I like the um, Sam Harris kind of waking up app. Uh, but I've meditated for like a long time. Actually, I've meditated longer than Natalia, and she's in Oh, he's older than me. So, yeah, um, and what else do I do? I, I, I enjoy yoga, but I don't do anywhere near enough yoga so that's something I should do more uh, I like walking yeah so like this morning I went for a walk in like Hyde Park I think uh, who was it he said walking is man's best medicine was it Hippocrates I think it was Hippocrates sure. but that's like as, as like as obviously a very gentle exercise but also kind of like a, a moving meditation when I used to run a lot I used to obviously running isn't meditation, but it's there's a, there's a kind of like focus of the mind. I used, to, I used to run for like an hour, just like counting my steps, like one to four, over and over again, which is kind of maybe that's a bit weird. I don't know, but um, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. I I don't have a, a rigid structure, but I have my non-negotiables, and the non-negotiables it is to have my meditation in the morning. And then sometimes that change. I, I'm not saying that every day I meditate for half an hour. No, there are days that I meditate 10 minutes, but I, I take the box of meditation. And occasionally there are days that I don't, which like for meditation teacher, it sounds like almost, oh my God, you shouldn't be saying that. But that is the truth. Uh, but then I try to incorporate like mindfulness into my everyday like as I go with my day my other non-negotiable it is fasting I've been fasting intermittent fasting for nearly four years now so I try not to eat solid food until like 12 and then I stop eating about like 7 8 mm -hmm. and, and that I find gives me a lot of energy for my brain it helps with the longevity of the body and if I work out, I try to do cardio twice a week. I'm also, I'm not a big fan of cardio but I love Peloton, that's like gets me into the bike, gets my, you know, it's a free um, pharmacy of feel-good hormones so I do anything between 30 to 45 minutes twice a week. Yoga, it's also non-negotiable. And I try to do two or three times a week. And that would be, it can be like restorative yoga where like you lay down there not feeling as you're doing much, but it's incredible. Or it can be like a really strong challenge, vinyasa class. I used to be better with weights. I don't have my PT anymore, which I, I, I'm lacking it. Uh, but I, I find that for women, especially as we go older, I'm gonna be 37 this year like you start losing muscle mass, mm -hmm. so you do need to do some sort of a resistance training. In terms of like no negotiables with my productivity, I do work every single day because in addition to be a co-founder of FORM, I am also a meditation teacher and I teach emotional intelligence and mindfulness in corporate. So 
I have to be like really organized with mm -hmm. my day. So like there are days that I'm in companies teaching. So I'm teaching at lunchtime, working for form during the day and teaching at the end of the day again. So for me, before scheduling a meeting, for example, I really wanted to make sure like why I'm having this meeting. Is there any reason why we need to be face to face? And this is not to devalue the importance of connection. Because I, I think sometimes we, we do a lot of things via email and, and then things get lost there. And I like meeting people, I like interacting with them. But I don't like to feel like I'm in a meeting wasting my time. So every time that I decide to go for meetings because my presence, it is required there. So then I'm there. Not thinking I shouldn't be there because that's so unproductive. And sleeping is another non-negotiable for me. Sleeping is a priority. I I sleep eight to nine hours a day and I still manage to get my things done. Yes, I could have like more things done. Yes, you could claim that I could be more successful than I am. You could 100% claim that I could be doing like more than I do. But that is my pace. That it is what makes me happy. And that's why I live. And I think these are, and I'm of course plant-based, so that it's another non-negotiable for me and that's about it i think it sounds like you do a lot <laughs> i don't think you need to worry it sounds about successful it enough. <laughs> no no but uh, i think like we, we we live like in this world of comparison right mm, yeah so and as i mentioned like i teach in corporates and, and now i teach in two companies i could be teaching in five companies like there are people teaching mm. in five companies uh form is this size like there are companies who are other size but i don't think it, it doesn't stop me for striving it doesn't stop me to be motivated to do more but I think it gives me a structure that I'm not burning out. Mm. I'm enjoying yeah. what I'm doing. And as a consequence, I'm more creative and I'm happier. And I think it, it's, uh, it's no, I'm, I'm sorry, like if you're wellness in the wellness industry, but I find like really sad, like for people who are running wellness and they are killing themselves mm. in the process mm. and uh, I decided that I'm not going to do that and no. it doesn't matter how many followers I have it doesn't matter you know if I'm not perceived to be like the most successful people it doesn't matter like in the end of the day it's me in a mirror and this is what I have to face but I think success is what you've just described having yeah businesses that are successful and that you enjoy and then having your non-negotiables that make you happy and you're healthy I think that's yeah. that's success much more than someone who's burning out and they might be working like 16 hours every day and if, that's me, if, yeah, if, you're, if, if that person is miserable then that's not yeah. successful and not to say that you know there might be days that requires me to work long hours yeah. and yeah. it's not like I'm, I'm not I'm not here saying I'm not a hard-working person yes I, I do have like the days and the times that it is required yeah. but it is not the way I structured my life okay so finally what's next for form so yeah, we have a, a, a kind of a, a few kind of projects we're working on which are interesting. We're looking at bars, um, which is still something that we don't think has been done 
you know, really that well in our space. Uh, and there's a lot of delicious bars out there, but um, a lot of the ones that we've looked at that are kind of the protein bars, they're kind of protein, but actually they're mostly kind of carbohydrates and sugars. Uh, most of them are kind of a very uh, concentrated paste of dates, for example, oh, and then, you know, maybe about 10 grams of protein. Uh, we want to do the kind of the protein bar, which is the kind of protein bar that we would like, which is basically high protein, high fiber, low carb, it's in development now. Very, very difficult actually. The reason everyone uses dates is because that makes it makes Good it kind of very yeah, very, very kind of palatable. So we're working on options now. So effectively, it'd be like kind of keto keto protein bar, which would be fantastic. But again, you know, that's that's very difficult, especially because we want to do something that kind of tastes great and fits alongside our protein powders. But we'd hope to have that kind of ready for kind of public consumption in maybe the next few months. We're also looking at uh, the US market. We're already in the US. We have full US packaging with partners like Next Porter and Mr. Porter in the US. We're just talking to other partners that will we'll try and do a kind of nationwide launch there and also look at our own kind of distribution there as well via the website. And as Natalia mentioned earlier, we've kind of like doubled down on, on the content for the, for the coming kind of planning year. We've um, recruited Aaron, who's um, effectively full-time writer for us now looking after our new kind of blog platform which we've called Inform. Get and, uh, yeah so we'll be publishing pretty much daily. Uh, we, we you know again we just wanted to do something that's kind of content that we like to we like to see ourselves. Um, we, we kind of jokingly did a did a kind of strategy document which was just uh, like a Venn diagram of Harvard Business Review, Men's Health and Mr. Porter. So where they kind of intersect, that kind of intersection of like performance, wellness, fitness and style, that will be the kind of content that we want to kind of produce. And maybe we'll start kind of publishing that you know, in an actual kind of paper format, maybe every three or six months or something, and maybe with a bit more kind of long form content. But we kind of firmly believe that, uh, you know, in, in kind of, Developing the brand and uh, you know content marketing, obviously no secret. I think that's the kind of the future, the future of marketing, especially as kind of things potentially go off the boil in terms of like influencers and Instagram and other kind of platforms like that. We really want to kind of be owning our own relationship with with with, with customers and consumers of our of our content. Where can people find you and your resources? Okay, so we're formnutrition.com. If you obviously click to the shop link, you can find our products. If you click on the Inform link, you'll find all of our content. If you're interested in any of our courses within Inform, click on the courses link and you'll find the courses on intermittent fasting, body composition, chrono nutrition, things like that. Social media, it's all at formnutrition. And in shops, you can find us Planet Organic with uh, by far and away the best-selling protein in, uh, in Planet Organic. Uh, Next Porter, Mr. Porter, Sweaty Betty, high-end hotels like the Corinthia in the East Bar there. Uh, Soho House, we're in all Soho houses and mini bar and in the gyms and on the menu. Where else are we that's interesting? Mortimer House, if you go to Mortimer House, that's a nice club in uh, on Mortimer Street, on the corner of Mortimer Street and Wells. Well Street in um, Fitzrovia on the menu there. Um, so yeah, we're kind of uh, yeah. getting out and about there. Yeah. Yeah, we never planned to be like a retail business. I wanted it all to be direct to consumer online. Yeah. But um, entirely uh, persuasive. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good idea to place <laughs> no, no, we had to be, position yeah. ourselves, in, and like you said, in premium places. But yeah. Yeah. So we always just wanted to kind of look at partnerships that kind of support the positioning of the brand, um, and like I said, to be in places that. Yeah. And sometimes you don't want to wait until the next day until you get your protein, right? And sometimes people, I think it's very important, even if you're a primarily a direct-to-consumer brand, 
to have a point of connection yeah. of where I am discovering the brand. Yeah. Uh, and that's why partnerships are important to us. Mm. Cool. So you've done it. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you. you guys. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Instagram at What's Cooking Podcast, on Twitter at What's Cooking Pod, or send us an email, the What's Cooking Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, then be sure to subscribe and leave us a five star rating.